folks, thank you for joining us today. You are listening to TVD with Yvette and Yayo, where we talk about all things music and everything in between. So how's it going, Yayo? How are you today? Um, I'm doing well. Just came home from a nice long bike ride down the West Side Highway. Went for some cupcakes in the West Village. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. You know, I was getting some cabin fever and just really didn't want to, sp- to spend the day at home. And I was like, I have wheels. Why not use them? <laughs> yeah. How was your day, Bet? It was good. I was working from home. So I just finished my work shift. So here we are now. This is my happy activity of the day. I'm very excited. And... I'm very excited to be starting this project with you because it's something that I've been looking forward to for a long time. I've always wanted to start a podcast and I think I've always like explored what kind of podcast I wanted to start and I think music is perfect because if you know me, I'm always talking about music. (laughs) So here we are. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really excited as well and thank you for asking me to join. I... I feel you. I've always wanted to sort of join, join, start a podcast, um, mm-hmm. but I never really knew what about. So when you said yeah. music, I was like, yeah. "I'm in." <laughs> I know. Thanks for joining me on my craziness. I know I messaged you at like I think it was like four a.m. my time, and I just was like, "I have to do this. I'm gonna go crazy." in quarantine if I don't start some sort of side project (laughs) I just felt felt the need to do something else because I've always wanted to do this so I figured well now that I have a little downtime why not so yay so yayo introduce yourself to our lovely listeners yeah well hello everyone my name is yayo um I'm a native New Yorker uh not born I was actually born in California, but I was moved to New York at the age of three (laughs) and have been here ever since. Um, My parents are from the lovely state of Oaxaca and Veracruz. And yeah, I am your regular Pisces. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to talk a lot about horoscopes here. Uh, We should probably just ask everyone, whoever joins us what their sign is because that's important (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i i love adventure i love to travel obviously i love music um you know just exploring whatever is out there (laughs) um these days i work as a bike mechanic in brooklyn um cool which has been a lot of fun i obviously as you can tell i like to bike (laughs) Mm -hmm. um yeah and then i i do other things in my downtime like volunteer here and there um i get i love helping people in the community in whichever way i can these days that looks like translating um yeah and that's pretty much me that's awesome (laughs) What about you, Yvette? Tell us about yourself. Well, I'm Yvette, uh, born and raised in Los Angeles, but Oaxaqueña to my core. And if you know me, you know that. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, I mean, I can't even express what music means to me because it's, I think the meaning of music is always transforming in my life. 
but it's always a constant source of comfort. So I'm really excited about this. But aside from music, I just love connecting with people. Um, I love talking to people. I like people watching. Um, I love my friends, my family, and, you know, I could always eat. (laughs) I could always eat and do fun things. Um, I love museums. I have a love and hate relationship with them, but we're not going to get into that right now. I love all things art, and I love to laugh. If you know me, you have seen me laugh way too much. (laughs) And you can ask anyone I've lived with. Um, that I can laugh by myself for hours. I I truly am my my own best company. <laughs> Let's tell our listeners a little bit about where we met. So Yeo and I met in Oaxaca because both our parents are from Oaxaca. They're from the same small town in the Sierra of Oaxaca, the beautiful pueblo named San Andres Olaga. And, um, you know, it's a place I visit almost every summer. Uh, So I'm really sad that I won't be able to do that because, you know, we can't travel. We can't go out. We're trapped at home. But, yeah, that's where Yeyo and I met when we were maybe like 15, 16. Uh, And, wow, that's like that. Wow, we've known each other for a long time. (laughs) Yeah, that's more than 10 years that we've known each other. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. Did we already turn 15? Did we already have well, our kids in it? You're older, a year older. Um Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for letting people know. <laughs> I mean, it's just a year. Plus no one knows how old I am, so it's not like they're going to know how old you are. <laughs> Sweet. Okay. That works. <laughs> um um. Yes, so do you want to tell us a little bit about the history of Oaxaca? Uh, So actually, before we dive into that, every episode is going to be different with us, uh, hence the to be determined. (laughs) (laughs) So today's episode is going to focus on music that comes from Oaxaca. And just to give everyone an idea of how diverse the state is, I mean, I don't know what people think when they think Oaxaca. Uh, I'm super biased because I'm from there, and I think all things Oaxacan are beautiful. Um, so yeah, so yeah, yo, uh, can you give us a little bit of uh, information, history about Oaxaca? Yeah, so Oaxaca is um, a state that is on the southern coast of Mexico, um, and it borders other states like Veracruz and Chiapas. Um, so the word Oaxaca, it comes from Nahuatl, which is the language of the people that were known as, you know, the Aztecs. But Oaxaca comes from Huaxiacac, which is actually the word for the tree from the guaje plant, which is found all around the city of Oaxaca. Um, yeah, and I believe it's like really big in Oaxacan cuisine. I know in restaurants, they'll give you like a side of guajes. It's kind of like, you know, like when you go eat tacos and they give you all the fixings. Mm-hmm. That's the guaje that's the for Oaxacans. Yeah, uh, my, my dad loves guajes. And, um, you know, whenever we get stuff from Oaxaca, my dad always gets guajes. And I just remember them being a part of like our table. 
Um, I didn't. I didn't yeah. really like them. I don't know if that's still. I haven't had them in a long time. But I just remember not liking them. Yeah. <laughs> they have like this weird bitter taste. Yeah, they have a. They do have. I they they taste kind of funky. Um, not a fan. I mean, I'll eat it if it's there and if someone offers it, of course. But it's not one thing that I'm like, ooh, guajes. <laughs> no, I feel you on that. So I just, guajes remind me of my dad and I was always so, and I still am kind of perplexed, but he loves them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some things don't make sense. Never will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But so that's where the word Oaxaca comes from. And um, one of the biggest things, you know, that stands out about Oaxaca is its high percentage of indigenous peoples. Um, and it is estimated that at least a third of the speakers of indigenous languages um, and 53% of Mexico's total indigenous language population is in Oaxaca. Um, it's cool because, you know, our families and the pueblo where we're from, Solaga, um, you know, they speak Zapotec. <laughs> um, yeah. So. Yeah, that's what I grew up with. Um, that and Spanish. So, I mean, my my parents still predominantly speak to each other in Zapoteco or whenever they want to uh, say something that they don't want my sister to understand. <laughs> 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 They'll say it in Zapoteco. They can't get away with what they want to say with me because I understand it and speak it so <laughs> that's awesome but my sister doesn't so yeah I am um... we can always have conversations without her <laughs> <laughs> I mean she's always there she's present and she knows <laughs> that's so interesting I am um, I grown up around it I don't speak it or I understand super basic phrases like survival, sapoteco. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And I think that's, well, my, my mother doesn't speak sapoteco because she's from Veracruz. Um, so it's mm-hmm. just my dad and my, my home has just mostly always been me, my mom, and my dad. Um, mm-hmm. But my uncle speak it. Um, and my dad was trying to teach me it when I was younger. There's this video of me when I'm like two or three. And I'm like counting in Zapoteco, mm-hmm. and I that's I can still count, <laughs> which yeah. gets me really excited. <laughs> but um, you know, other than that, I just I know like your basic phrases like, "Are you hungry? Who's your father? Hello, or do you want water?" <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, I think that's like all of us that go back home to visit our grandparents. I think those are the main questions we get asked when we go there. So. I feel like most of us can kind of understand it a bit and um, at least communicate or we're able to respond in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so I think that's that's the thing that stands out most about Oaxaca. It, and, you know, and it's it's a really diverse state. That's what I love about it, that when you go to Oaxaca, I feel like everyone that goes to Oaxaca always returns and falls in love with it because i mean why not right. <laughs> it's pretty amazing um so obviously and you have you get different climates uh based on like the part of oaxaca you're in um different languages it's there's just so much diversity just within the small state i think that's really awesome 
Yeah, so like Zapotecs are the biggest population, but there's obviously other like indigenous groups like the Mixtecos. Um, you know, and like you said, Oaxaca is known for its siete regiones, the seven regions. Mm-hmm. And they're all very um, in topographies, you know. El Istmo, La Costa, Papaloapan, La Sierra, La Mixteca, Las Valles Centrales, y La Cañada. So in just in just the small state of Oaxaca, you get like coast, mountains, woodlands, valleys. Um, and that's really, really cool. And I was reading too that um, one of the reasons that um, indigenous people or a lot of indigenous people have maintained their own culture is because mm-hmm. of the topography has allowed them to isolate um, from bigger exactly. cities. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, that's why um, I think the people of the Mixteca are called the Never Conquered because the Spanish were never able to access that land. So they were very protected by the mountains, by everything. And that's really cool. But now that we're talking about La Mixteca, I want to talk a little bit about the song you just heard in the introduction. Uh, It's called El Maromero, and it is by Pasatono Orquesta. So this orquesta is really was really big for a couple of years because it is made up of ethnomusicologists. They all met in the Escuela Nacional de Música in Mexico City. And this project uh, became dedicated to rescuing traditional music, uh, specifically the music of La Mixteca. And it's really cool because they're trying to rescue these instruments that are no longer being used. I believe they use uh, an instrument called uh, bajo fondo and it's a 10 stringed guitar. And only a few people in the villages of Oaxaca still make them. Um, And I believe one of them is learning how to make them. And they also use the jarana. And the jarana is really popular in music from Veracruz, but uh, Oaxaca also has its own version. So um, that's a five-stringed small guitar. Yeah. Uh, So I really like that they're trying to use those instruments and keep some of the music of the Mixtec region alive. So that's why we chose it. And it's super happy. I like that it almost sounds like Balkan, like klezmer music. And yeah. Yeah, it's super whimsical and fun, and Oaxacan music is is very similar to Balkan music. (laughs) Yeah, Um, extremely. I'm sure there's, like, a paper out there. I'm sure someone has talked about it, and if no one has, I don't know, maybe it's... (laughs) Maybe we need to do that. (laughs) um, Here we come. But yes, so now we're just going to dive straight into music. So we are going to, like I mentioned in the beginning, we're going to tackle different themes each episode. And right now we are going to introduce to you one of Mexico's top composers that a lot of people 
don't actually know is Oaxaqueño. So let's take a listen. So if you want to look it up, you can find it as either Se Te Olvida or La Mentira. It was written in the 1950s, and that's when Alvaro Carrillo was, uh, that's when he got super big and famous. And to this day, he is one of Mexico's top bolero composers. Um, and he's like really big in the golden era of the romantic bolero. Uh, he was born in Oaxaca, in San Juan, Cacahuatepec, Oaxaca, which is in the Isthmus of Oaxaca, I believe. It's um, in the coast. So, yeah, another great Oaxaqueño. And I feel that a lot of people don't know that he's Oaxaqueño or that he wrote the biggest bolero of all time, which is Sabor a Mi. I think Sabor a Mi is one of those songs that 
everyone knows like even if you say you've never heard sabor a mi you've definitely uh heard it in a movie or i don't know at your tio's house your grandpa's house um it is like one of the songs that has been covered the most and it's like super important culturally to mexico the most famous version is by eddie gourmet and trio los panchos uh, Trio Los Panchos is really big on boleros. I think they originated in New York and two of the members were Mexican and one was Puerto Rican. If you say you've never heard an Alvaro Carrillo song, that's probably a big lie because he wrote over 300 boleros and you've definitely heard one covered by Luis Miguel or Javier Solis. Um, and if you'd like the song Sabor a Mi, definitely look up the Eddie Gourmet and Trio Los Panchos version. I know Monsieur Perine did a really beautiful cover of that. It's like really happy and like upbeat. Uh, I like that. And Kali Uchis was the last person I heard did a cover of that song. So that was kind of interesting. And it was, I actually liked the cover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always cool when emerging artists um, who are linked to more English-speaking markets go back to mm -hmm. the music that you hear at your abuelita's house, you know? <laughs> it makes yeah. it feel oh, so comforting. When I, sorry, when I, was, when I was looking up information about uh, the Sabor a Mi covers, I read somewhere that Charles Manson translated the song <laughs> and recorded his own version. No um, way! Super creepy. Yes, <laughs> totally. I didn't even bother to look it up because that is creepy. <laughs> if you, if anyone wants to do that, please let us know if it's any good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might end up doing that later. <laughs> so yeah, the bolero. Um, well, they're actually I. I found out there are two different types of bolero, both, both of which are slow tempo, uh, Latin song, like music. Um, the first of which originated in Spain in the 18th century as a form of ballroom dance. Um, but both types of bolero have actually nothing to do with each other, <laughs> except for the name. Um, and then the bolero that we are focusing on originated in Cuba in the late 19th century, and it is born from the trova tradition. And in Cuba, the trovadores were like kind of basically like street musicians who went from town to town with their guitar and singing, and that's how they made a living. The bolero, this particular type of bolero, is characterized by a romantic singing style with slow tempo guitar and rhythmic undertones. The bolero spread from Cuba to the Dominican Republic around 1985 and reached Mexico and Puerto Rico by the turn of the century, where it was popularized in the radio. Um, and some notable bands, like you said, is one notable band is Trio Los Panchos, which you are correct, Yvette, did form in New York City, and whose members were Mexican and Puerto Rican. Um, 
which I thought was really cool. Um, just like the future yeah, of that's cultures. Pretty awesome. Yeah, and yeah, especially in that time, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea. I thought that I thought Three of Los Panchos started in Mexico for some reason. So it was like really cool to find out that it actually formed in New York City. Um, they relocated with, uh, later on, actually, to Mexico. They're great. I feel like they're essential. Like, we all kind of grew up listening to Trio Los Panchos. And I, I still listen to them. I really like Bolero music. And I really like, like you said, there's, like, bands right now that are kind of, like, making their own version of boleros. There's this band, Daniel Me Estás Matando. They're based in Mexico City. And they started this genre that they call bolero glam. And it's basically boleros for hipsters. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> it really is. They are they put on fun shows. I've seen them live and they're super funny, um, very comical. But when they perform it you it does take you kind of back in time. So check them out if you wanna listen to some modern day boleros <laughs> <laughs> Alvaro Carrillo was Oaxaqueño and great and he doesn't get enough attention or like his name doesn't is not very recognized so we thought it'd be cool to let everyone know that he's amazing and wrote Sabor a Mi and my all-time favorite bolero Se Te Olvida so thank you for listening and now we are going to move on to another song by another wonderful Oaxacan artist. Que tenebroso, inmóvil, grito de horror, fúnebre la noche, murciélagos, coro de tragedia antigua, voz en off.
levantó del cuello, le pidió que no gritara, cayó al pozo, estaba muerta, estaba allí, estaba allí. by Valgur. Valgur is a synth pop band based in Mexico City, but they are originally from Juchitan, Oaxaca. Juchitan, again, is in the coast of Oaxaca. And this is from their album, Sapandu. And you should check it out because it's really cool. What's great about the album is that it is bilingual. So the album has songs both in Spanish and Zapoteco. And I remember the first time I heard about the band, I was like, oh, a synth pop band from Oaxaca. That's that's new, you know, like I feel like we don't hear kind of like popular, like pop music coming from Oaxaca. So I thought it was really interesting that there was a band from there uh, making this type of music. And then when I checked out their album, I realized there was a song in Zapoteco. So it's like Zapotec synth pop. I don't know. That to me was really cool. We'll play a snippet of uh, one of their songs in Zapoteco. Yeah, I feel like if you hear it, you if you're not paying attention to the lyrics, you kind of don't even process that they're speaking Zapoteco because it just sounds like a fun song. 
So El Pozo, translates into the well, is a song about violence and femicides in Oaxaca, specifically in Juchitán. I know there's been a lot of women disappearing, and I was just reading an article about women in Juchitán. Four women went missing recently, and they all, I guess they found messages on their Facebooks where someone was telling them, oh, this is, I have a job offer, meet me here, and we'll talk about it. So four women fell for those messages and have disappeared since in Hutitan. I mean, these women were desperate for jobs, and, you know, when someone kind of gives you hope and tells you, I can help you out, it's kind of easy to fall for those type of things. It is very unfortunate that this continues to happen in Mexico and especially uh, to indigenous women. And this song talks all about it. It's really easy to kind of lose the uh, theme of the song because it's so like poppy and it just sounds super eerie. So if you pay attention to the lyrics, you realize how dark they are. Uh, some of the lyrics say, Cuando los demonios me soltaron en el pozo, which translates to, When the demons dropped me in the well. And the chorus says, Todos callan, que mal, no parezco en los diarios. Todos callan, que mal, cuando yo ya morí. Meaning, everyone is quiet, I don't come out in the papers. No one knows I'm dead, basically. And the song ends, En el pozo sin voz. En el pozo sin voz, just basically saying, I'm in the well without a voice, I'm in the well without a voice, and it goes on and on and on and on until the end of the song where you hear someone announcing uh, local headlines in the newspaper saying um, women found dead in a well. So she's basically making um, a social commentary on the silence and how no one talks about these femicides, no one does anything about it. It's a really dark, dark, dark song. Yeah, like you said, it's it's a really big problem. And I know recently there was a Paro Nacional in Mexico uh, for calling against, you know, violence specifically towards women. Um, and unfortunately, it's not, it's an issue that goes even yeah. beyond Mexico. You know, the disappearance of young black and brown girls and how they're not really investigated very much. Yeah. Um, and it's really yeah. very sad. Yeah, I, I love that, yeah. you know, the members of Sapandu are fairly young. They're in their early 20s. And I like that the youth is being, as always, it's, I feel like it's always the youth taking on these topics and are active whenever there's a movement and I think it's really important for bands to shine a light on these type of uh, things going on. Uh, I'd bring them into the podcast because where else will you hear psychedelic electro pop synth pop in Zapoteco? That's super cool to me. <laughs> yeah, I think it's super cool too especially because um when people think of indigenous mm -hmm. peoples and they think of people that maybe no mm -hmm. longer exist, you know, or just, or they just stay in their traditions. Yeah. So this is cool because 
it's like, no, we're still alive, but exactly. we're also Exactly, yeah. I feel like you a know? lot of people, when they think indigenous, they think of a group of people stuck in time. And when you're like, actually, no, I am an indigenous woman. And they're like, but you're not indigenous because you live in Los Angeles and you do this and do that. And it's like, uh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even gonna go into that right now. <laughs> Who are you to tell me? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. that's like a whole tangent. We'll discuss that uh, on another episode. And now we're finally gonna play Balgur's Zapotec song, Rogelia, so you can all hear what Zapotec synth pop sounds like. I love it, and I hope you guys do too. by a Oaxacan artist but incorporates music from the Oaxacan banda tradition. Let's take a listen.
Llorona by Beirut from their 2009 album March of the Zapotec slash Real People Holland. Yeah, and March of the Zapotec um, was influenced by Zach Condon, who had at that time recently made a trip to Oaxaca. And apparently he canceled his tour in 2008 way over to Mexico uh, in hopes of landing a film soundtrack, um, which then that fell through. But on in his time there, he came across the Jimenez Band, uh, which is a 19-piece band from Teotitlan del Valle. And he, like, fell in love with the music. Um, and he wrote a bunch of songs that he was inspired, wrote a bunch of songs, brought them to the band. Um, and that's how March of the Zapotec was born, essentially. Um, and for those who don't know Beirut, Beirut's music is heavily influenced by music all over the world. Um, you know, for his first two albums, Gulag Orchestra and Flying Club Cup, were draw for music of Eastern Europe and France, respectively. Um, and I don't know, I, I, that's one of the reasons that I love Beirut. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's Be Beirut is super eclectic, and I can totally see why he was so drawn to like Oaxacan woodwind and like brass music, because it is really similar to Eastern European music. Like I said, like we heard in the beginning, um, Pasatono, it sounds a little Balkan. Uh, so I can totally see why he was so drawn to it. And as a teen, I think I was 18 when that came out. And I was already a fan of Beirut. To, so to see Beirut using music that I grew up with, I don't that I don't know. I was super drawn to it. I loved it. I still love it to this day. Still one of my favorite albums. Yeah, no, I um, Yeah, I remember when I first discovered Beirut and then I found out that he had a March of the Zapotec album. I was like, whoa, what? <laughs> um, I felt very seen and it was so cool. Yeah, um, exactly. For me. And yeah. it's, it's so funny too, though, because... It does. If you do listen to Beirut's albums, you know, like say if you were to put his music on shuffle, it all mm -hmm. kind of sounds very similar. It's not mm -hmm. like, which I think is cool because he draws from different places. But um, I was reading an interview that someone did and they asked him about, like, apparently there's a lot of musicians who feel that Zach has co-opted traditions. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, and, and I know you and I have had this conversation of, appropriation versus like appreciation right yeah <laughs> and, for sure um i really liked what he he responded and he said um i grew up playing these instruments and i started putting them in my music and putting the sounds that i was listening to into the music as much as i could it's just an aesthetic pleasure to put these flourishes of things that you hear and love from around the world in it and then he went it's not where you take it from it's where you take it um yeah, exactly. And I think that just the name of the album, March of the Zapotec, like he could have easily gone with some other title and never uh, make mention of the band that he worked with. Uh, but I feel like he was very open about 
where he was inspired, uh, what inspired him, and that kind of stuff. So, um, I don't know. I approve. Oaxacan's seal of approval. <laughs> <laughs> draws like on like traditional banda funerary music which we will also talk about later on <laughs> yeah yeah it's cool check it out check out Beirut's 2009 album it's great and they just released an album last year 2009 <gasps> 2000... 2019 <laughs> yeah alright so I think we are ready for our next song
titled La Llorona but by Lila Downs from her 2001 album Border. And this is Lila Downs' second iteration of La Llorona. The first one she did in her 1999 album La Sandunga. And most recently, she did another version in her 2020 album, Al Chile. And her first two versions are more simple and somber. And this one in particular that we just heard is like even a little eerie. And her most recent iteration, in it she's accompanied by banda, um, which is very emblematic of the state of Oaxaca. Um, and she also sings a little verse in Zapoteco on the song. So, and we're gonna play a little bit for you right now. <laughs> seen the movie Frida whenever a woman comes out singing the woman that is singing is actually Lila Downs I think she comes out in three different scenes so the reason we chose La Llorona for this episode it's because it's one of Mexico's most famous folk songs and no one really knows where it originated we just kind of know that it is from the Isthmus of Tehuantepec Everyone has heard this song now, especially since Disney used it for their movie Coco. So I feel like it has reached a a wider audience now. A lot of the traditions uh, were taken from Oaxacan Day of the Dead ceremonies and that kind of stuff. Um, So yeah, thanks Disney. (laughs) (laughs) Even the woman, the woman that uh, Mama Coco was based on is a Oaxacan woman. Uh, So I guess Disney went down to Oaxaca to do some research. Mm -hmm. 
so so now the woman <laughs> i think the woman like has a sign at her house that says i am mama coco or something like that so tourists that meet her take pictures with her now so i mean i hope she's i hope they're tipping her <laughs> oh my god that's crazy that i actually didn't know <laughs> yeah so leela downs has been around forever and uh, she is actually Mexican-American. I think you know a little bit more about her than I do. Yeah, so she was born in Oaxaca, mixtec mother and an American father. Um, and I know she spent a lot of her youth going back and forth between Oaxaca and Minnesota. I know, too. It was, it was It's really cool. The, one of the reasons that I love Leela down so much is because I can identify with her a lot. And going back and forth between America and Mexico, you know, and I was also reading that she kind of went through this struggle. I think that a lot of us first generation uh, kids grow up with, you know, of like, who am I? Where do I belong? <laughs> you know, and yeah. she like dyed her hair blonde and she went to a lot of Grateful Dead shows, which I thought like was kind of cool you know and she like you know yeah. went through that phase and but you know she eventually ended up finding like more comfort and kinship with her mother's roots when she and she returned to Oaxaca she's been around like you said she's been around for a long time and she loved to sing and she was actually like pushed to pursue singing by her husband um and now she's got like this awesome career she's won grammys um you know, and she sings about a lot of topics that are very important to her, particularly the empowerment of uh, women, um, also like the plight of immigrants, um, you know, especially in her album Border, you know, like, you know, by the title, yeah. um, you can tell. And um, she is like a spokesperson for, she's an Amnesty International ambassador against feminicide in Mexico, which we were just talking about. Um, cool, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't either, so I thought that was really cool, you know, and she's just such a powerful woman, and, like, mm -hmm. to me, it's really cool to see someone that looks like me, you know, talking about representation. Um, yeah, for sure. And she really does that uh, for me, you know. Like, growing up, I didn't really have very many... Uh, Mexican role models, I guess. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. The only one I can really think of is Selena, which I love Selena. And we'll get to that at some other point. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, and I just, and she's just grown so much as an artist too. And I know we've talked about this, um, not just vocally, also in her style and sort of um, showing what it's like to be an indigenous woman in modern mm -hmm. times if you've ever seen her perform live she wears really beautiful uh, weepiness from different regions of oaxaca and i remember when she first started out she would wear like super traditional ones like ones that weren't altered and were are still kind of like in their traditional form and now she alters them to kind of like be a little more fitted you know, she makes them into her own style, which a lot of people don't like. But then at the same time, it's like, well, it's her body. I mean, good for her. She looks fabulous. 
Um, I love her. And I actually, per- I've performed with her a couple of times, which I completely forgot. I think one of the times, I can't remember. I know one time I performed with her at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery for the Day of the Dead. <gasps> cool! And then, um, I know. I completely forgot about that until very recently. And then another time at some venue. I can't remember the name of the venue. But yeah, it's back in the day when I used to make music. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to her albums from her oldest album to her newest album. Because you, like you said, you can definitely see how I think she feels more comfortable now. And has kind of made like the folk genre like her own. She has her own take on stuff now. As to like before it was very much about tradition and singing like traditional folk uh, songs. So I like that now she sings about, like you said, uh, women's rights, um, immigrant rights, and that kind of stuff. So it's amazing. Check her out. Yeah. Um, and also, just a little plug, my mom sent me recently, there's a documentary on YouTube that you can watch about her, and I think it's called El Son del Chile Frito. Um, so you can like get to know her and yeah she seems really like you said down to earth Um, my parents have met Mm -hmm. her I've never really met her Um, but she just reminds me she kind of reminds me of my mom (laughs) (laughs) Uh, just in the way that she is so yeah Yeah. check her out and now we are going to transition into talking a little bit about the history of bandas in Oaxaca. I know when we say banda, you're thinking like, you know, like banda traditional banda music. <laughs> that, <laughs> you know, like the kind of banda that you hear in like movies or that you see like people dancing to at parties. No. The banda tradition in Oaxaca is super different to the banda tradition in northern Mexico. In Oaxaca. Each pueblo basically has its own banda. And even though it's very traditional to Oaxaca, um, it's interesting because a lot of the instruments are obviously come from Western countries and from Europe. You know, like all the horns, trumpets, drums. Well, maybe not drums, but you know. Uh, So I guess Oaxacans started adopting these instruments with the arrival of big brass bands in the 18th century. They just started to adopt them and make them a part of their own music, rewriting a lot of songs and like funerary marches to include um, these instruments. And you know, over time, Oaxacans have given it their own flavor um, and now they're a big part of just any kind of celebration everything yeah Yeah. like (laughs) wedding like funeral like anything it's a big part of just uh, yeah everyday life uh for Oaxacans yeah I think um Oaxacan brass bands are the main source of entertainment in Oaxaca and like you said um each band has its own each town has its own band And I feel like most people join a band at some point in their lives, um, and they get started at a pretty young age. I know I started playing music maybe when I was eight years old, uh, which is 
why I think I love music so much because it's always been a part of my life and I grew up making this type of music uh, with like my cousins and people from our our town that now live in LA um, we all grew up uh, making this music so I feel really close to home whenever whenever I play it um, yeah and like you said it's played the banda is present in all important events like patron saint festivities the church and especially at funerals i think uh, funerals for us are really big and they're more like a celebration of life and they last forever it's like a three four day celebration of life where the band uh, plays for the, the family who just lost a loved one and it's just prayer and music and prayer and more music and the banda pretty much takes you to the cemetery so you are buried to the sound of Oaxacan music <laughs> it's it's actually really beautiful it's it's really beautiful uh, what are they called um marchas funebres yeah uh, funerary marches are actually my favorite uh Oaxacan type of music and you really hear that in Beirut I think the reason I liked Beirut and how you said you felt seen was because that is exactly what Oaxacan brass bands sound like. Super eerie, super, <laughs> yeah, super, I don't know. Uh, I really like that Beirut incorporated that into their album. But it's not all just super sad music, like I'm making it sound. It's also, <laughs> like I, th- <laughs> I think I take it to that extreme because I prefer sad music over happy music most of the time for some reason um but yes uh like we said banda's present in all occasions especially patron saint festivities and like the big town's fiesta which also lasts like an entire week and that is when bandas play sones y jarabes which is what lila incorporates into her music and right now we are gonna end this episode and we are gonna leave you with some sones y jarabes so you can see the type of music we grew up with and the type of music that we dance so that is all for today folks thank you so much for joining us and we are very excited to be taking on this new project and learning about music with you We are by no means music experts, but we are music lovers. So thank you so much for listening. And make sure to follow us on Instagram at TVD with Y and Y. And yes, that is all one word. (laughs) Let us know what you think. (laughs) Drop some suggestions on what you'd like to hear from song recommendations to episode topics. We are open to anything and everything. And thanks again for tuning in. Y and Y out. Bye, Ayo. Love you. Love you too.
Thank you.